You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing a love for the game at Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go follow us on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. Just search Panthers on Tap. You can also listen wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Don't forget to listen, subscribe, and give us a rating. We got a couple special guests joining us tonight on the show. We got Eagles reporter um, Brandon Gouton, manager and editor-in-chief at Bleeding Green blog on SB Nation. He's also the co-founder of Bleeding Green Nation Radio. We also have the guys over at the Eagles Uncensored podcast joining us as well. Should be a fun one tonight talking football with folks in Philly. Bryson, how you doing tonight? Doing good. I uh, kind of sad from last week's result. I thought the game was going to go a little differently than it did, uh, which we'll dive into. But uh, I got hope for for the upcoming schedule and um, kind of just want to highlight some things that, you know, were, was not typical of the Panthers uh, so far in the season. Yeah, Sunday was definitely a bummer. Let's get right into that. Panthers lost their first game on Sunday to the scummy Dallas Cowboys, 36-28. to 28. Um, Bryson, why don't we just start with the offense? Um, what would you think of Darnold, the offensive line? There's a lot to unpack here, but what were your yeah. initial thoughts? There's some good, there's some bad, and some ugly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely the ugly – I'll save that for last. The ugliest offensive line, but I'm going to save that for last. So I thought Darnold played well for uh, the situation he was in. Um, you know, there were some throws that he could have had. There was one where uh, Robbie Anderson was open, <clears throat> streaking down the field. There was one where Terrace Marshall was open. Um, I think that was the one where he – did he – I think that was the one where he threw an interception to Diggs. was on uh, one of the – but he got hit when he was throwing it. Um you know, he he did not have a lot of uh, time to throw. He was pressured a lot. He was sacked five times. Um, he threw two interceptions, but the uh, digs on the Cowboys had two rushing touchdowns and threw for 301 yards. I mean, his pass rating overall for the day was an 85.5, so wasn't terrible. But I thought, you know, for what, what he had to work with, with regarding that offensive line, not having Christian McCaffrey, I thought he played all right. Um, the wide receivers, I mean, DJ Moore is just consistently dominating every week. It seems like, oh, man, uh, man. He, he, uh, he's proving to be one of the best receivers in the league. I think he's third highest right now, uh, graded against single coverage behind Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill. So I don't know if that does, if that doesn't and tell you, never, you, and you never hear about him. On yeah. National that, media. Yeah. He's, he's a quiet guy. He's, He's not going to cause a big ruckus, but he just goes out there. He's a silent killer. He just does his job, and he does it better than your best corner can do it. So he gets open, and um, mm-hmm. and he catches touchdowns. So uh, that, that's what he did all day Sunday, uh, this past Sunday. Robbie Anderson is still invisible. I don't know where he's at, what he's doing. He, he got his contract and just stopped playing or something. I don't know. But, uh, I you know, I he did have the one where he got open and Sam Darnold overthrew him that I mentioned earlier. But he's just not – what we saw last year. I don't know if they're, you know, running a different type of, of style offense where they don't involve Robbie um, so much underneath anymore and just kind of keep him on the fly routes. But 
I'd like to see him get involved more. The tight ends weren't involved very much. Um, I was expecting a big day from Trimble. I uh, picked him up in DraftKings that you gave me shit for, and he scored zero points for me. So that wasn't very good. Um, I had a bad week in DraftKings. But the offensive line, the offensive line was awful. It was terrible. They could not block anything. Um, mm-hmm. In the run game, they weren't so, they weren't bad in the run game. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. But when passing downs, Cam Irving is just – a revolving door at left tackle. Anybody can come in and anybody can get to the quarterback through him. Um, Pro football focus through four weeks has him graded at a 53.3. And for context for Panthers fans, Matt Khalil in 2017 was graded at 62.4. So Matt Khalil was playing better in 2017 than Cam Irving is playing right now. Mm-hmm. And Curtis, this is one of the questions I want to pose for you. Um, Cam Irving is not the lowest graded offensive lineman on our offensive line. And I wanted to see if you could guess who it is so far through four weeks. It's got to be Elfline. Nope. <laughs> well, Elfline's been out. Been. Yeah. Um, I would have to say, is it Paradis? No, Paradis is actually the second highest really? grade one. Yeah, really? he's uh, he's at like a seventy-one, and um, at like well, 76. then who the hell is it? It's John Miller. John Miller, interesting. Forty-nine point two through four weeks. Or well, I think he he was hurt or had COVID or whatever. So like through week four, he is graded at a forty nine point two, which is awful. It is terrible, and it just it's just all across the line. Like we we talked about it on Sunday. They have to do something with this offensive line if they want to win games consistently. Mm-hmm. And I and you know we talked and we didn't know if it's letting the rookies play and just see what see what they have or bringing help from the outside or whatever, but. I know, I know this is your, your, uh, your soapbox here, so I'm going to let you jump in right here on offensive line. Yeah, I, it's, it, it, I mean, we, saw, it, we sound like broken records. It's week in and week out. Just, there's just not good play, and we, we kind of tease this all offseason, you know, talking about it and saying how, how bad we thought they were going to be, and it is bad. They haven't done enough to address it this offseason. You mentioned five sacks. Um, I think it was 11 QB hits this weekend on Sunday, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I, right. yep. I mean, Sam Darnold can only do so much. Um, now, to give a little defense to Irving and Miller, they are banged up. They are playing through injuries. Matt Rule mentioned that on Monday. Um, and he said physical ability this week will be the factor in who plays on Sunday, but I think it's time they start making some changes. I talked about it last week with Deontay Brown and maybe Brady Christensen coming in here at some point. If it's not this week, it's got to be soon next week. Trent Scott's also out there. Matt Rule loves possession, uh, positional flexibility. He can play a lot of that. He can play tackle guard inside or out. So that guy might be a guy you might see slide in. I feel and I, We've talked to some people and you get the sense maybe that they're just, I don't know if they're skittish to throw Deontay Brown out there. I know yeah. he was, he was working on getting his weight down and he's done a good job with that. But I think at some point you got to give this guy a shot because these other guys aren't working. So um, Cam Irving playing his old team, got his ass kicked this weekend. Um Paradis had some plays in there. I mean, across the board, Daly had some struggles too. Um, so, yeah, it's disappointing to see. It really is because 
you saw these first couple of weeks, I feel like the offensive line problems were there, but they were masked a little bit by the victories. Mm-hmm. Um, this one stings a little bit more when you get, you know, when you lose uh, 36 to 28 to a, you know, a good Cowboys team. Just going back while I can jump on this, and I'll let you talk about the offensive line too, um, just to give my take on some of these other guys. I thought Sam played pretty decent. I thought at time, you know, the two picks you you don't want to see. Um, one of them was right to – actually, were both of them right to Diggs? Yeah, I, to Diggs, I, yeah. Were they right to Diggs? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that guy's playing outstanding, so give him credit. He's got five interceptions. I talked about him last week. And Kevin, I thought, was sleeping on him a little bit, and then he showed out on Sunday. But um, I thought Sam played – he had a – Sam had a decent first half and a decent fourth quarter. I don't, he didn't, I mean, he, along with the entire offense, didn't look good in the third. They, they were awful. Um, What is the deal with third quarters, man? What? Yeah, we got to talk. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but that, that's a, that's a disaster. But I thought Sam did all right. I, the guy needs time in the pocket when he doesn't, he's going to make dumb mistakes like he did this week. That's why I think the offensive line is so crucial with him. Um, I mean, he's when he has time, he can deliver some throws and make some big throws. Um, and, and that might help with him connecting with Robbie going, going to your Robbie thing. I don't know if it's so much Robbie's fault is him and Sam just aren't connecting. I think Robbie's open on some of these plays and, yeah. you know, Sam Darnold's got number two in his eyes. He loves DJ Moore, man. It's his guy. That's the one can, thing I wrote blame down. Him, man. No, D, DJ Moore, he's having a hell of a season, but. The Sam Darnold, I mean, if this was a good guy to pick up in fantasy, DJ Moore, because Sam Darnold loves him. This is his yeah. this is his security blanket. Um, and I mean, it's it's arguably so. I mean, DJ Moore's eight receptions, 113 yards this past game, two touchdowns. He was playing a little bit of McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel type role this mm-hmm. last game, which was nice. Um you can bring up the stuff Matt Rule brought up the time where he's running down the field to make a block on the Zilstra play. Um, yeah, the catch awesome. he made in the first half where he was like falling to the ground. I mean, it looked like, I mean, his, his shin was just inches off the ground. He still got up and he was, that reminded me a little bit of Steve Smith, uh, just his yards after the catch ability and making plays and making guys miss. Um, but yeah, let's get back to the offensive line. I know I talked a lot about that, but do you want? Do you have anything else no, to discuss just, with that? Do you think? Do you think this week? Do we see Trent Scott? I, I think that's the most realistic guy. I think they'd put in there. Uh, uh, realistic as far as Matt Rule is concerned. It just seems like they're hesitant to bringing these rookies. I want to see them. I said. Last week that Deontay Brown will be playing this week, but I, it just seems like they're very hesitant to get those rookies in there. Yeah. If, if I had to guess if, if there's, if it's going to be anybody besides Cam Irving starting at left tackle, I think it's Brady Christensen. Um, That would be my guess. I just, I feel like that that's the the way they would go um, there at left tackle. I don't know. They, they saw Trent Scott last year um, play left tackle. He's not good at left tackle. Um, they haven't seen what Brady Christensen can do in game, an actual game at left tackle. So if it's bad, you can pull him and put Cam Irving right back to where he was. What is the deal? Why can't you just give him a chance? I don't know. 
But uh, yeah, I who has a, a here? Here's a question. Let me pose it this way: Who has a better chance of start or not starting playing this week? Brady Christensen or Deontay Brown? You think it's Brady? I think yeah, maybe I, you answered that already, but I I think they they both have a. I mean, just from the performances last week, I think they both have a good chance to get some playing time this week. I don't know if they start, but um, I'm and I don't know if that's me just being hopeful, but. I mean, how can you look at this offensive line performance? Cam Irving graded as a 53.3 from Pro Football Focus and John Miller at a 49.2 and say, yeah, I'm, I'm good with throwing them in there again and letting my quarterback get hit every play. Like, that makes no sense to me. So I, I, I don't think that this coaching staff is that incompetent to continually mm-hmm. do this week in and week out. With these yeah, you can't offenses. get much worse. You can't yeah, get so much worse at where they're why not see Besides what you Moten, you can't, you can't get much yeah. worse. Why not see what you have with, with these rookies um, uh, and just give them a shot? But one one guy I did want to mention that we've ba- we kind of <clears throat> bagged on a lot this offseason, but he's been doing really well, is Joe Brady. Joe Brady has been calling a hell of a game um, for the past couple of weeks. He has – he's getting receivers open. He's – I mean, lining DJ Moore up in the backfield la- like last weekend – uh, that was genius. Scored an easy hitch route for a touchdown. Uh, Chuba's running great. The, I mean, the the run schemes are awesome. Uh, the offensive line, you just, I mean, you can't really do anything about that if your players just suck. Like, well, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Max protect every play, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, he he's been calling great games, and you know, I think the the Sam Donald runs in the red zone are genius. They're working. Keep doing it. Yeah, until, we got to talk about that. Sam until needs more credit than what he's gotten. I mean, the yeah, he, I mean, he leads the league in rushing touchdowns. So mm-hmm. uh, he, he's a dual threat quarterback. And what, nobody would you knew have thought that. that, dude. Would you have thought that? No, no, nobody thought that. <laughs> no but, one. <laughs> like, like we knew he was like sneaky athletic. Like he can he can escape from the pocket if he needs to or something like that. But mm-hmm. nobody nobody was like, yeah, he's gonna rush for eight touchdowns this year. Or, Something like that. I mean, he's he's already got five. He leads, like I said, he leads the league in rushing over every other running back in the league. Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy, but it, he's doing a good job. Like Sam's being efficient. He's uh, he's not really taking a whole lot of bad chances. Um, you know, it, we kind of got a glimpse into what he looks like when he's down this past weekend, and I didn't think he was terrible. I thought he made some good throws and he made some questionable throws. Obviously, that turned into interceptions, but. Yeah, he did a nice job battling back. Yeah, know, he did. They he were did, especially with that offensive line in front of him. Like you cannot, like you cannot not feel that pressure mm-hmm. consistently, knowing that you're off that your your teammates are not good enough to block the opposing team's defensive line. Like you know that's in the back of his head every play, and he's continually st- like stepping up in the pocket, making throws, getting hit when he's throwing. Uh, taking the hit right after he throws, like he—he's a warrior in there, and mm-hmm. um, and hopefully we can fix that. Well, fans need to get ready because this off season, I I, I think honestly this team is going to draft all starting offensive line. Like every single round is going to be an offensive line. We saw it defensively. Matt Rule ain't scared to do shit like that. He's good. He is going to do that this off season. They will, they will draft offensive alignment in first, second, third, fourth rounds if they don't end up. And and they, and they might take some premier offensive alignment to in free agency, without a doubt. They got the money for it. Yeah. So just be ready. People get might be pissed. They know this is a boring draft. That's going to happen because this offensive line mm-hmm. is shit. Absolutely. So 
it's going to happen. I want to, you mentioned Chuba. I wanted to give him a shout out. I thought he had a really good game, 57 yards on the ground on 13 attempts. He had a couple big runs, uh, 10, mm-hmm. 12, 15 yard, or uh, 10 and 12, I think it was chunk yard plays, um, where the line did hold up. So that was good to see. I hopefully he can keep holding on to that ball when it's, it's th- uh, thrown to him. Going back to your Joe Brady comments, I think Joe has been good except for the third quarter. I don't, and I think it's a combination of play calling and just execution, but mm-hmm. they have been awful in the third quarter. They've only scored one touchdown this year on, I think it was 15 attempts. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's close to that. Um, 15 yeah, red they, zone, red zone attempts, like red zone drive. No, or? not, no, no, no. In the third quarter, 15 possessions. Oh, 15, entire, okay. yeah. And only one touchdown. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I tweeted it out the it. other day. Let me see if I can find it. Here it is. Um, there were 0 for three in the third quarter, week one, week two, there were 0 for three with possessions week three, they scored a touchdown one for one in week four, they were 0 for four. They got a touchdown, two missed field goals, five punts and three interceptions. Jeez. Awful third quarter. You might as well count the Panthers out for the third quarter because they, they were non-existent in the Cowboys game. They had a missed field goal. They had a punt and an interception. Um, and it just it's they gotta figure it out. And it's a problem. Matt Rule knows it's a problem. And I don't get I've never seen a team struggle so much in one quarter. Yeah. Like consistently. It's not like, oh, the first game and then the next game they're all right, and then the next. It's like consistent, and it was like that last year. So clearly, they do not make good halftime adjustments since really Matt Rule's been here. Like yeah. seriously, they're, they've That's been fair. terrible at it. So That's they fair. need to figure that out. Um, but, yeah, I think Joe Brady, you know, Sam Darnold's success running the ball has been hats off to Joe Brady. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of those plays, it's, it's, it's wide open for Sam to run. I mean, it really is because teams aren't – they're not looking for it. So that's been nice to see anything else on the offensive line before we get to the defense or I mean, not the offense. Um, I don't really like the quarterback sneaks on second and one. I think that's not necessary uh, to put your quarterback in that situation on second and one, just to get a first down. Um, second and one is a down where you take a shot. Uh, Cause you know, on third down, you only got to get one yard or you, you, you just dial something up to try to get chunk yards. Like quarterback sneaks on second and one, just, do not make sense to me. So that's the only play call that I don't like that they were running Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. My, I don't have a particular feeling one way or other. I mean, I feel I. you're right. It is a good good time to do a play action pass. I do like the QB sneaks. I, I mean, I haven't looked at it when they're doing them. I think the Sam Darnold on a, a third and one or fourth and one has been working, sneaking the ball. But yeah, that that is a good point. I did. I, I do think that is something to look at going forward because that is your time to take your shot. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully Darnold can connect on some of these deep throws. Yeah. He let's will. go. Let's go to the defense because this really was, I felt like, and I was just shocked. I, yeah. I, I, I get the Dallas was, you know, this high powered offense. They got pieces. Dak's playing out of his mind, but the D line just the thing I wrote down. They got bullied and pushed around, man. They just they, they, they were not good at all. What were yeah. you? What's your thoughts on them? Or what's your thoughts on the defense as a whole? What'd you see? 
Well, when you allow 245 yards rushing and four passing touchdowns is not a good day. Uh, I think they only allowed like 180 yards passing total, but four touchdowns. They got no sacks. They only had one quarterback hit. And like I said, they allowed 245 yards rushing. They were getting gashed all day by Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And this was something that, I mean, they they allowed, what, 12 rushing yards to Alvin Kamara? And I I don't think it's – Alvin Kamara is better than Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion. And I I don't – yeah, changed. and you know the Saints' offensive line isn't bad either. No, which kind they of got one of the best me. in the league. So, but Dallas is better. I I think I think they're that whole offense line is better than Saints. But still, I mean, Saints aren't no, it ain't no cakewalk. So, yeah, and I'm trying to pull up here on Twitter, uh, Brett Coleman. Uh, I think yeah, Coleman. Um, he, I mean, he he said that the Panthers. Uh, I've done charting the Panthers game, and as expected, their game plan was not great. For some reason, they insisted on playing nickel against 12 and 13 personnel from Dallas, despite matching base to 12 uh, the first three weeks. Um, Dallas had nine carries for 99 yards alone on that base defense. So uh, for some reason, they changed their defensive game plan this week uh, versus the Cowboys. I don't know what what the idea was behind it, but it didn't work. I mean, on those on when they were against Dallas's personnel um, playing base against 12 and 13 personnel, they allowed 99 yards alone on those plays. I mean, that's just like, like what, if it's working, don't change it. Like that just, that just irks me, man. Um, I, I don't know. If, I know, mean, it could it, be one of those things too, where they had starters out. So they're trying to compensate for some of those injuries too. You know, I mean, that, that could yeah, be something. But I don't know. I, I mean, it, even when you're in the game and, and you see, wow, every time we're in this personnel, Zeke gets 12 yards of carry. Maybe we mm-hmm. should not run this person. But they kept doing it over and over and over and over again, and they could mm-hmm. not stop the run. And it was totally uncharacteristic of what we've seen this year. I mean, they've only allowed like 45 yards rushing a game or something crazy like that. Yeah. Like statistically one of the best rush defenses to start the year in NFL history. And then they come out with this dud. I hope yeah. it was just – uh a blip on the radar. I hope it was just a one-time thing. They get their heads back on right, game plan correct, and fix it for the Eagles game. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. Now, just going back to my original comments, I did say bullied and pushed around. I thought the defense played decent. Again, this reflects the game. The first, the first half. I mean, they held Dallas to thirteen. Again, you know, against that offense, I thought they did well. I mean, Carolina. I mean, if they had the same game plan as the first half, they might have won this game. But um, I thought they played well. I thought they played well in those first couple of quarters. They wet the bed in the third quarter, just like the offense did. They had they gave up three touchdowns in the third quarter. The time of possessions, Dallas scored two in two minutes, a minute 49 and a minute 20. Time of possession for the – I mean, these were quick scores. They were lighting up the scoreboard in the third quarter. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. And then Phil Snow figured it out, and in the first qu- fourth quarter, they shut him out. Granted, Dallas, you know, kneeled, kneeled the ball at the end there, so I don't know if you count that drive. But the Panthers shut out the Cowboys in the fourth quarter. And also important to note, Sam Darnold put up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, which kept the defense off the field and gave them a rest. So, I mean, it, it coincides with everything, but – I thought Bill Snow play, you know, their first, the first half looked like the defense, I, at least for me, that I was used to seeing. I feel like they were flying around. 
Um, they didn't get a pressure, obviously, but I feel like they, I mean, there was, they had the fumble that should have happened. That, I mean, that changed the whole, I thought, Absolutely. the magnitude of the game. Um, Shaq Thompson had a near interception on Dak. Um, I think it was in the first or second quarter of the game. You know, he jumped the ball. I think it was mm-hmm. the play that it was the fumble. He jumped the ball. Maybe not. But anyway, Shaq had a near interception at one point, too, in the first half. So I feel like the defense, there were some opportunities there for them. I think without a doubt, Burris being out hurt them. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, the secondary um, struggled in this game because there was guys out of position. Sam Franklin, I felt like he had a couple misses. Uh, the one in the end zone where I think the guy was wide open. Uh, yeah. He burned. I think it was his guy. And then um, that one where he was supposed to switch with Jeremy Chin on, to the inside receiver. Yes. Yep. I think was it was that Zeke that scored there? Um, no, it was the tight end, uh, Schultz. Uh, yeah, he was supposed to switch and left Jeremy Chin pretty much just on an island, like five yards from the receiver, and he was pretty much already in the end zone. So mm-hmm. it looked like it was Jeremy Chin's fault, but it really wasn't on that play. Um, and, yeah, it, it, the defense just made some uncharacteristic mistakes. They, they weren't getting pressure, which they had been doing great at for the first three weeks against decent offensive lines. Um, it's just – I'm hoping it was the game plan, man. And and I think they miss Yitor Grosmatos. He's a, a hell of a rotational player out there. Brings good energy. Um, yeah, we, and we can't forget about that. I mean, he was yeah. out, Burris was out, and then obviously Horn. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's that's three key pieces. I I mean, key pieces to this defense, and people don't realize. I, I feel like Burris, is, Burris being out was bigger than people thought because between um, – Franklin and Melvin, I didn't, I didn't think they played that all that great. I thought, no. I thought Chandler had some good. Chandler almost had that fumble in the first. I think it was the first or second quarter where they, I think they actually reversed the call. I think there was a fumble on the field and they reversed yeah. it. So we'll just see. I think, I think hopefully, you know, C.J. Henderson. I thought he played decent. I know he gave up that one touchdown, but he was in position there. Yeah, he, was, he had he had good coverage there. That was a good throw by Dak and a you know a better catch by Cooper. So yeah, you know at the end of the day, we lost by eight points to one of the best offenses in the league, if not one of the best teams in the league. Honestly, I think the Cowboys are a very complete team with the way their defense is playing right now. Uh, without our best player on offense and one of our best players on defense, uh, J.C. Horn, and then a veteran leader like you mentioned, and Justin Burris. I definitely don't think it's time to panic or anything like that. Um, the Cowboys are definitely going to win that division. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a good playoff team this year. So it was a good test for Carolina. And, you know, they got room to grow. But uh, going into the next week, if Shaq Thompson doesn't play and we got Burris out and we got obviously J.C. Horn out and Etor Grossmatos can't go, I'm kind of worried, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's That was the news, news of the day. Joe Person – through his source and he's the one who I think broke that story was Shaq Thompson's injury. It was, it was in the second quarter of that Dallas game foot injury. He's expected to be weak, week to week, according to Joe person of the athletic, he won't be on IR Panthers in a corresponding move brought up Kamal Martin. He played 10 games last year with green Bay. Um, yeah, let's just talk about it. Like, let's talk about check. I think this is the biggest injury right now for them. Um, yeah. 
he's huge for that defense. Like I said, he had that, he almost, he, he undercut a ball on Dak. He, he should have had a pick six. He really should have in this last game. And he's done that a few times this year. He's flying all over the field. He's, he's the real deal when he's got guys in front of him where he can move around. Do, who do you see replacing him? Do you, is it going to be Luvu? Is it going mean, to, there's Luvu, um, Stanford, Johnston, yeah. one of those guys. Well, I think Jermaine Carter's probably going to get most of the playing time there, but, uh, well, I, I mean, was someone's got to slide in for Carter. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if, if Carter's going to play the middle, I mean, he is the middle, but if you need someone who's going to slide into Shaq's yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I I, I was kind of just thinking that they would, you know, they like to bring Burns back uh, to play kind of like the weak side linebacker sometimes. And then um, Luvu's been playing a lot. He played a lot last week. Um, so those would probably be the guys that fill in the most, but the Kamal Mar- uh, Martin guy, did you ask your Packers friends about him? He played 10 games I for the did, and I did, sh- and I'll, I'll text them here shortly just to see if they got anything on him. I mean, if he played 10 games, I mean, he's got decent experience, but. Yeah, uh, it's not saying much, though, because I know Green Bay has not had good. They have yeah, not yeah. had really good linebackers, like middle yeah. linebackers in the past and, uh, and outside guys. You know, they have, you yeah. know, they have some good ends, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'll have to do some more research. I like uh, I like Clay Johnston. I thought he played good in the preseason, and he seems like a – he's just a gritty player. I mean, he's he's not great, obviously, but he's uh, seems a little undersized, um, but he's fast. Uh, not not that hard of a hitter from what I've seen, um, but he does seem to be sideline to sideline pretty pretty good, uh, makes tackles. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll get to see a little bit of playing time. Well, here you go. This is uh... – Martin, he had he he started six games. Started six games, played in ten of them. He had a sack, twenty-four combined tackles, three tackles for loss, and one QB hit. So I don't know. Eh. I don't. We'll see. I mean, you know, yeah. he might. He probably won't get much playing time, really. Yeah, I feel like it's he hasn't had he's not in the system. I I, I no. think it's going to be Frankie. I love Frankie Luba. I think he's been, I think he's been good, and I I hope he gets a shot. I really do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he got he got a lot of playing time last week. He was on the field a lot last week, so I'm sure he he's going to get an extended role um, this week, and hopefully he can show out like he did in the preseason for us and every play. I mean, he had a pass defense, a big pass defense against. Uh, against Dak this past week. Uh, I think it was the third down. He blocked it and forced a punt. So he, he has a knack for doing that, man, rushing the quarterback and blocking the passes and swatting him down to the ground. So hopefully one time he can uh, catch it and run it back. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Fra- yeah Frankie, he's, he, he gets that mid up there, man. I, I, yeah. I hope he can get one or so, you know, a couple batted balls. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Matt Rule brought – he was asked about it yesterday – in his press conference, it sounds like he's going to try to practice this week and kind of see where he's at health wise. Mm-hmm. Do you see any chance he plays this weekend or they're just, you know, this is a shot in the dark, see where he's at sort of thing. I, you know, I, I could see him playing. I could see him pushing to play, but I think they're probably going to be careful and bring him back at the Vikings game because I don't know if they see it as big of a need as this week as they would next week against the Vikings. I think that, um, as much of a league views, uh, the Vikings are a better team than the Eagles. So um, I, if I were them, I would be careful not rushing back this week and then see what he looks like next week. Um, that's my hope. 
But I don't know. Knowing Christian McCaffrey and how much of a competitor he is and how bad he wants to play, he'll probably push to play this week. Yeah, I'll be shocked if he's on the field. I think how well Chuba played for mm. you know the limited time he was on the field, I feel like they're comfortable with him playing again this week or starting this week against the Eagles. So I think Matt Rule seems like he's been you know very cautious with McCaffrey the way it is. I feel like they're they're not going to rush him back here this week. May I mean, I mean, could be wrong on that. And then all on other news, Michael Jordan, he was. You know, Panthers fans love yeah. to talk about him, the guard out of UNC. Oh, no, that's not the right one. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that was my little inside joke. Hopefully someone picks up on that. But, yeah, they brought – he was he was on the roster. They cut him to bring up Kamal Martin, and then they brought him back on the practice squad today. And I think they ended up protecting him. Did you get a list of who they protected? I couldn't uh, find it. Today. I saw they uh, protected the quarterback, James Morgan. On the yeah, practice I saw that. I saw Joe talk. Joe brought yeah, that up. That's interesting. Very interesting. All right. I feel like people are reading into that shit, but whatever. Uh, I don't know. Do <laughs> you know anyone no, I, else? I, I thought no, it was. I, I, I didn't see anybody else. Um, we got. Uh, so I just wanted to mention um, for Panthers fans, kind of look forward. The schedule softens. Obviously, we know who we play this week the Eagles. Then we got the Vikings, the Giants, the Falcons, the Patriots, and then week 10, we got the Cardinals. I mentioned on Twitter earlier in the week that I, I could see the Carolina Panthers being eight and one going into the Cardinals game. Um, the greatest threat for a loss, I think, weeks five through 10, well, five through nine, are the, are the Vikings week six. Um, week 10, Cardinals, that's going to be a very hard game. But uh, I wanted to get your opinion, Curtis, on who you thought. Uh, would pose the greatest risk for the Panthers to lose. And then also, if you think I'm crazy, uh, thinking that they could be eight and one going into the Cardinals game. I, I think you're nuts. I, I think they lose more. I think they lose a game or two here in this, in these games, the, the records, it's easy to say. I mean, it's easy to say that because the records, the records, you know, some of these teams are, the records aren't very good, but I think the Eagles are going to, is going to be a tough game this week. I could, I could see them losing that game. I really could. The Eagles aren't, they're not a team they can just push around. They put up, and we'll talk about this soon, they put up a decent amount of points on the Chiefs. Granted, Chiefs defense isn't that great, but you go toe-to-toe with the best quarterback, arguably the best quarterback in the league, in Patrick Mahomes. I, I feel like the Philly's going to be a tough test. Minnesota ain't going to be easy. That's the biggest threat, I think, is week six. And Atlanta, yeah, I get it. They're, they're, they're a pushover team, but it's division. Divisional yeah. games are always going to be tough, and it's on the road. So, and they have not played this coach. I mean, they, this is a whole new team, at least staffing wise, that Matt Rule is going to go up against. So, I think that's going to be tough. What was your? So, I, I think you're crazy on the eight and one thing. What was your other question? Uh, who was the biggest threat for them to lose week five through nine? Oh, okay. I, was, I, um, I said the Vikings, but. I would say Minnesota or Philly, these next two games, even though they're mm -hmm. at home. Giants, Giants, I think they can beat. Atlanta's a divisional one. That might be a little tough. New England, you don't know what you're going to get out of that team. I mean, they they played the Patriots or the Buccaneers well, and then, you know, they wet the bed against another team. So that they're hard to read right now, I think. I feel like with Mac Jones, he's that team's been so up and down. All right, Bryson, let's get into this weekend's game. 
Carolina Panthers have the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town on Sunday. Philly's on a three-game losing streak right now, so they're definitely hungry for a victory. To talk about tonight's our uh, Sunday's game, let's bring in our guest, our first guest of the e evening, an Eagles reporter, Brandon Gouton, manager and editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green blog on SB Nation, also the co-founder of Bleeding Green Nation Radio. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Brandon, let's just jump right into things. Just kind of give us a little breakdown just for Panthers fans. What have you seen from the Eagles, you know, the first four weeks of the season? What are you excited about? What has you worried? Just just kind of fire away and give us a little breakdown of the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Definitely a lot more reason to be a little worried than excited right now <laughs> coming <laughs> off three straight losses. Uh, look, this is a team that in the offseason admittedly said they were in a transition period. And I think we're seeing that very much to be true in that they don't have an established head coach. They don't have an established quarterback. They're figuring things out and not at a fast rate. I mean, you know, they come out week one, they beat the tar out of the Falcons. Everyone's like, oh, maybe this team might be better than people expect going into the year. Expectations are really low for a lot of people, myself included. And then they go out against the 49ers and they're like, okay, we could have won that game. Uh, we, we kept things close. And then they just got blown out, obviously, in Dallas. And the wheels kind of came off. And then they allowed their second straight 40-point game against the Chiefs, which, again, a, a very predictable outcome. Uh, it was competitive for a time, but just clearly there's a lot of issues here. I think it's a decent combination in a bad way of coaching issues. Again, it's an inexperienced staff. It's like one of the youngest staffs in the NFL. And a lot of guys, including head coach Nick Sirianni, who haven't been in the – like, he's never been a play caller. So and he's never managed the game like he has to now and clearly isn't doing a good job of that. Um, so there's a lot of issues here. The talent still isn't great either. You have just, for example, uh, Fletcher Cox is the Eagles best player. He's their highest paid player in theory, but like he has zero sack or his one sack and one quarterback hit in his last eight games. So you're not really getting the top impact from your top players. And when you combine all of that together of all I just said, you get a bad football team. <laughs> wow so, you are you're hard you're hard on them <laughs> i am i'm honest so i mean i I've, I've watched some eagles highlights and you know catch it when the panthers aren't on but i i am a jalen hurts fan and i wanted the eagles so badly to beat the cowboys but uh you know it, it was not a good game um there uh and i think dallas is a very good team i mean we we got a taste of dallas this past weekend and um, for a while, uh, well, the third quarter in that game was awful. We were just talking about it. Um, they scored 20 points, and this was the number one defense in the NFL going into that game, and they rushed for 245 yards. So I think Dallas is kind of – I think they are a lot better than people really give them credit for right now. But um, going into the Eagles game, uh, I kind of wanted to just see um, from, from an Eagles perspective uh, – where do you see the Eagles winning versus the Panthers uh, this weekend? So, like, what positional group is, like, just outright better than you think Carolina's going against them is? I mean, it's tough to say right now. Just, again, coming off the losses, you're not particularly feeling, like, amazing about any unit. I mean, on, on paper, in theory, like, you would feel good about the defensive line heading into the year. But, again, you have Fletcher Cox underperforming. Brandon Graham is hurt. He's out for the year. Um, Javon Hargrave has been a beast. So that yeah. is one guy I will say on the team. Not so what's a position group, but like a player, Javon Hargrave. So his career high in sacks is 6.5. I think he already has 
five through three ga- through four games. I mean, he's been a beast. So he can definitely. I don't care who's blocking him. I don't care if you have like a one of the best offense centers guards in the league. Don't yeah, worry. Well, we yeah, don't. well, like, guess what? Um, even if he's going up against them, he's still going to dominate right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is a hell of a pairing. Does Hargrave play defensive tackle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fletcher Cox and, and Hargrave. I mean, that, that's scary. We have a terrible offensive line. So uh, it, they're going to they're gonna get a lot of pressure pressure this weekend. I don't think that's going to be a, be a question. Yeah, they – I don't know. I feel, I feel like you got. I feel like you guys are a little hard on it. I, I get it. They they have gotten blown out these last two weeks. But Jalen Hurts has. I feel like he's been playing decent. He's got seven touchdowns, only two picks. I thought he looked decent against the the Chiefs. You know, he put up three hundred and eighty seven yards. I mean, that's that's a lot. Uh, Forty seven on the ground. I'm real. I am scared about the defense. That's what worries me. I know, I know mm. they've given up 40, but the Carol- it doesn't take much against the Carolina Panthers offensive line. It really doesn't. I mean, they, they <laughs> this whole season they're giving up sacks and QB hits mm. and hurries left and right. So their, de- their defensive line scares me. And, I mean, Dallas. Dallas, I don't think, had a whole, a whole lot of sacks to start this year either, and they came in and put up five versus Carolina. So mm. that's one thing I think that's going to be a problem for Carolina – is the D line one thing I think you guys struggle with is red zone on defense? I think they're 20. Yep. I was looking it up, they're 26 on defense. They've given up touchdowns on 11 of 14 red zone opportunities, which is insane. And Carolina's actually been really good in the red zone. I don't know the stat on it, Bryce. I don't know if you do, but I think Carolina's when they're in the red zone, they 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 score touchdowns. So, um, that might be yes. something to look up, but yeah, yes. they've been same Darnold well. rushing, rushing touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, he leads the league in rushing touchdowns. Was crazy. <laughs> it, just, it blows our mind. But um, if, if there was one player that you had to point out as which we might have already discussed this player, but uh, as like the unsung hero on the Eagles roster um, to like just keep an eye out for on Sunday, who who would it be? Would it be Hargrave, or do you have anybody else that you might want to mention? Well, I don't think he'd be unsung at this point. I think the guy like you're looking for. I'll give you two kind of okay. under the radar guys. So the first one kind of doesn't, I mean, like it's hard to say Devontae Smith who won the Heisman last year and with the number 10 overall pick is like an under the radar guy, but he kind of had a slower start or like he didn't really do as much in week two and week three, but it really came to life against the chiefs defense. He's coming off his first hundred plus yard game. He had 122 receiving yards. I think he could kind of continue to trend in a good way. Again, not really like unsung. If you're looking for more under the radar off the beaten path, it could be Kenny Gainwell who uh, was Eagles uh, day three pick by them this year. A lot of people liked that pick at the time. They thought he was a steal. He didn't play at Memphis last year because he opted out. Um, but it's interesting because even though Miles Sanders is like the Eagles lead back in theory, and he certainly had more playing time than Kenny Gainwell, like I think Kenny Gainwell only had one fewer touch in week four. It was pretty interesting. Wow. So, and yeah, is this whereas, the guy I pick up on fantasy? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, it could be because like, it seems like, and, and he outproduced Miles Sanders as well from an efficiency standpoint. He's a more reliable option in the passing game. And he did more as a runner, too. So uh, I don't think, like, we're going to see Kenny Gainwell suddenly overtake Miles Sanders, like, this week. But I don't think it's impossible if things keep trending this way, that, like, that Kenny Gainwell's playing time is going to go up. So uh, not quite Christian McCaffrey, but, like, maybe, like, a poor man's Christian McCaffrey, Kenny <laughs> Gainwell. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I don't go that far, but like, <laughs> you mentioned Devonte Smith. He got his first hundred yard game this weekend. 
you talk about him kind of rising? Is is he starting to become the, you know, Jalen Hurts' go-to here? Is that is that what's come what's what's happening? And he should be. Like, there's no reason for him to not have a ton of targets, to lead the team in targets, like he did in week four, where he had 10. And I thought Devontae Smith kind of played like a little bit better than the numbers would indicate, especially in week two. There were a couple of plays against the 49ers where Devontae Smith like burned the defense and Jalen Hurts just couldn't get the bottom. He underthrew mm-hmm. him like, multiple times. So like, you know, Devontae Smith, I think in that game only finished with something like two catches for 16 yards, but it easily could have been like a, a, like a way bigger day if the throws were there. Um, so uh, Devontae Smith is showing a lot of good stuff, I think, on film, even though – and then even from the Chiefs game where he had a big game, I saw a play when I was watching back on, on – uh, there's a red zone sequence where Devontae Smith ran a clean route to get open middle of the field, and Hurts just didn't pull the trigger. Now, you know, it's the red zone. Uh, it's easy for me to say in hindsight, and obviously I don't know what the read is and the progression on the play, but – Point being, like, there's opportunities here where Devontae Smith is getting open and the quarterback isn't hitting him. Um, so I would very much keep an eye on Devontae Smith, especially with J.C. Horn out. And yeah. even though, even if you had J.C. Horn, Devontae Smith had his way against J.C. Horn in college too. So you know, uh, I was yeah, going to pull that up. I, I had I had notes, <laughs> I had notes on J.C. Horn when we yep. were doing our draft stuff that, earlier this year, and I I swear I wrote that down that Devontae Smith had a hell of a game versus him, and I was going to go back, he but then I'm like, oh, he's yeah. injured. I don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so me and Curtis have mentioned that like I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts. He's saying Jalen Hurts is playing well. How do the Eagles fans view Jalen Hurts right now? Yeah, I think people are encouraged coming off of this game against the Chiefs. Obviously, it was a really bad game by him. Not. Like it wasn't solely his fault. The Eagles lost to the Cowboys, but it was, it was a bad game for sure. Yeah. I mean, you get blown out like that. And so I, I'm kind of at like a more like a middle ground with this because the Chiefs defense is really, really bad, guys. It's like, it's <laughs> terrible. I think only the Falcons defense is worse. So like, I don't want to take credit away from him because he still made a lot of good throws, a number of good plays. But at the same time, and then obviously he's also like only in his eighth start in the NFL. So he's a young player. He can get better. But like there are just some certain trends we've seen throughout all of his games so far in terms of like like being slow to get the ball out, uh, not like seeing it and throwing it right away, not being aggressive. Um, so those are some of the issues we've seen kind of repeatedly, and he's leaving too many throws on the field, especially in a game against the Chiefs. You can't do that. You're not going to beat the Chiefs if you're leaving a bunch of plays on the field. Maybe you can get away with that against lesser competition, um, but but that's kind of the issue. So I think if we're looking at like a macro view of Jalen Hurts, uh, I think the Eagles have a very high bar for what they want in a franchise quarterback, and I don't think he's done anything to clear that very high bar. I think, again, he's coming off a positive game, but he needs to build on it. Like He needs to go out and have another good performance against the Panthers. And I think think that he definitely could, honestly, coming off last week. uh, I mean, we were just dumbfounded at how bad the Panthers' defense played. I mean, it was like the first half wasn't bad. Like, they they held Dallas to 13 points in the first half, but then they finished with 38, like – Mm-hmm. I don't know. They fell apart in the second half of the game and couldn't get any they pressure. They should bounce back, though. I, I don't see Phil Snow replicating what they did last week. They're no, no t- Philly ain't scoring 38 on the Panthers this week. There's no <laughs> way know, in hell. Like, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> they're going to be clamping down. Brand, is there anyone on the Panthers that has you worried? Any any guys you're looking at? I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this team or just things you're looking at. Uh, maybe on the offense or defensive side of the ball? Well, well, I mean, we don't know for sure, right, if Christian McCaffrey is going to play. Isn't that kind of up in the air from what I'm saying? Yeah, it um, is yeah. Right now. 
they're gonna okay. they're, he's gonna practice i think when he's gonna practice tomorrow and then they're gonna see where he's at but i don't see him playing okay yeah i mean obviously him <laughs> if, if he was playing that's a, that's a big issue um honestly the coaching staff kind of concerns me more in this like that that's what i look at first i i've kind of like so I do the SB Nation NFL show in addition to what I do for about the – and that kind of week, so we covered the league there as a whole in addition to just what I do for the Eagles. And, like, I liked the Panthers last year um, because of the coaching staff, but I felt like they had a ceiling because of Teddy Bridgewater. Like, Teddy Bridgewater raised the, the Panthers' floor, but he also kind of capped their ceiling. And uh, I'm not super bullish on Sam Darnold, but I, I do really like Matt Roll. I think he's a good coach. And Joe Brady, I think, is a really good play caller. And I think that's a good duo. So I'm not really scared as much of, like, the talent as much – not to say that Panthers don't have any good talent, but, like, that's not where my focus is as much as the coaching. I think there's a real chance the Eagles could be outcoached in this game, in part not mm-hmm. only because I think those guys are good coaches, but because the Eagles have demonstrated not good coaching in recent weeks, and that's a big mismatch potentially. That's interesting yeah. you say that. We were talking – we were just talking about Joe Brady – and how he's so far this season has called some really good games. I mean, he, I think he's the big reason why Sam Darnold's leading the league in rushing, which I cannot get over that. I have to, I'm even saying that that's insane to me. Um, but yeah, I thought he's the one thing to watch third quarter. They, yeah. they cannot play in the third quarter. Mm. So if there's a, if there's a quarter that the Eagles make a comeback or take a lead, that's the quarter you got to watch because Carolina is awful in the third quarter. I wanted to ask you about Nick Sirianni because mm-hmm. that's that was one of the big offseason moves, a lot of drama there with Doug Peterson. As fans, you working, you know, with SB Nation too. What are your thoughts on Sirianni so far? You guys, you you like him? Uh, really to tell. I would say, <laughs> I would say I'm in the middle. I'm a Sirianni centrist for now. Um, I, he, like, this is going to be on Sunday. This will be his fifth game in the NFL. So it's kind of like too early to say, we know exactly what he is at this point. There just hasn't been enough of a sample size. Not only again, fifth game as a head coach and game management and all that, but fifth game as a play caller. So like, I can't like the book is just not nearly written on this guy, but from what we've seen so far, there's some really concerning things like the Eagles were okay with kicking red goal, red guy, I keep screwing this red zone field goals against the Chiefs. That's not how you beat the Chiefs, guys. Like you can't beat the no. Chiefs if you're taking three in the reds. Like that's a, that's a guaranteed loss if you do that. The Chiefs are going to score at will. Your best chance, and you're, you're probably not going to do it even if you are aggressive. But at least to give yourself a chance. And he just hasn't been super aggressive, which I think is really disappointing. And I think from a game management standpoint, there's just been a lot of issues. Like I look back at the Eagles' first red zone sequence against the Chiefs, where they get to fourth and three from the Chiefs' 11-yard line, and they send the offense out, which I, I was like, okay, good. You're being aggressive. Good. It's the right move. And all of a sudden, there's a timeout, and it's like, okay, what are the – so they just tried to draw the Chiefs off sides here? Like, what is this? You're wasting a timeout. Turns out that wasn't the case, and Jalen Hurts called a timeout because he thought there was going to be a delay game, and the play wasn't in. So long story short, like, there was a big miscommunication here, and it cost the Eagles. They ended up kicking a field goal anyway, which I think it was still dumb. Um and then at the end of the first half, when it looked like the Eagles were maybe going to be able to steal three points and get a field goal uh, late in the second quarter there, they're at like the Chiefs 39-yard line. And all of a sudden, they don't take a timeout, their final timeout, uh, with like about 16 seconds or so. And they run up to the line of scrimmage. 
and the Chiefs surprise them with a blitz, and the Eagles can't handle it, and they fumble, and the Chiefs almost got that for at least a field goal themselves. The Eagles were very fortunate to be able to recover it and prevent that. But it's like if Sirianni hadn't wasted that timeout earlier, he probably would have been comfortable calling one there and still having one to use. So, like, you know, a mistake he made early in the game not only cost them directly then, but also later. So I think we're seeing him kind of still work through these things, and maybe he'll get better at it. Maybe he'll learn from it. I can't rule that out, but I can't tell you it's also definitely the case and that these mistakes we're seeing aren't just growing pains but like lasting issues that we're going to see so i think he needs to be a lot better than he's been so far we're going to wrap this up i'm just curious what you got for score prediction we're going to we're going to wait for our score predictions until our next guest at the end and reveal but i'm just curious what are your thoughts on this weekend what do you got for a score who's winning yeah, so I think I am not the biggest believer, like you said earlier, in Sam Darnold. So I would not be shocked if the Eagles find a way to beat this team. But, you know, it's a game on the road. The Eagles are just haven't just demonstrated, like, great competency when it comes to coaching. And, again, I think that could be a big mismatch against Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Um, defense is clearly reeling right now. Hurts, I don't think you know what to necessarily make of him week to week. Again, like, I think he's coming off a good game. But is he going to do that? for sure against a tougher defense. I think McCaffrey being out is a big deal for the Panthers. So I think this could be competitive. I think I saw the the, the line open around like 3.5. It could be like a three-point game. I think the Eagles like, might, like they might just be able to cover, but I think it's going to be close either way. I'll take the Eagles to lose in this one. I'm going to say it's 24 Panthers, Eagles 21. That's fair. Interesting. All right, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it again. That was Brandon Gowton, manager, editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green blog on SB Nation, also the co-founder of Bleeding Green Nation Radio. Go give them a follow on Twitter. Also, listen to their podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on this evening. I thank appreciate you, it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, folks, we're not done with the Eagles fans tonight. I know that's depressing. We want to get them out of here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we got another one for you guys this evening. This is AK from the Eagles Uncensored podcast joining us as well. AK, thank you for joining us this evening. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on, honestly. Uh, I woke up this morning, you messaged me and stuff, and I was like, I don't even know who these guys are. I was really shocked <laughs> you even know who I was. So appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Well, let's just let's start right with the game here. Eagles coming to town on Sunday. We, we as we mentioned, they're on a three-game losing streak right now. Just talk about what you've seen so far this season from them. What do you like? What do you hate? What has you worried? What has you confident this weekend? Yeah, um, well, confidence, man. I'm not going to give you that. All right, uh, you guys can have all the confidence. You know, I, I I came in, you know, after week one and I was feeling good about this team and everything after what we did to Atlanta. And then I was even feeling confident a little bit even after the San Francisco game because we only lost by seven points and we held a team that scored 33 the week before to 17. You know, you held uh, Kittle to under 20 yards receiving. You know, we held him to 17. So I felt good about things, you know, and then Dallas happened. And, you know, well, we don't talk we feel about your that. pain. We feel <laughs> your pain. <Yeah. laughs> We're just really bad at run defense, man. Um, for some reason, I don't know what changed. Uh, our scheme definitely changed. But, you know, I, I take it as a growing experience. Like, 
I, I sat back after week one, two, and three, and I, I've come to realize, you know, I do have high expectations for this team, but for them to get there, it's going to take a little time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you, you got a coach that's only – this will be his fifth game. You know, you have a quarterback who's going into his eighth game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I feel really confident about Jalen Hurts. And, you know, I, I understand he does have some things to work on, like the one thing I said two weeks ago. You know, I'm not as confident in his deep ball as most people are. You know, I would like to see him get more accurate and and put some more stink behind the ball when he throws it deep, you know, because mm-hmm. whenever he got intercepted in that Dallas game, I, I was just really depressed because I was like, dude, you were five yards short inside. Like that was just an easy pick. And it's like you, you can't be doing that if you're the franchise. You yeah. know, you, do you do you think do you in. think he's the franchise quarterback for this team? I, I do. Um, you know, mentally like this kid is unbeatable you know you see how cool calm and collected he is the energy he brings you can tell this team fights for him you know what I mean and and that's a quality that you need especially in Philly you know because we have that fighting mentality and Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't give up and he and he does give he does accept ownership when he messes up and I like that you know he he, when he sat there after the Dallas game he was like listen that's all me he's like this is all on me He's like, I don't blame coach. I don't blame my wide receivers, nothing. This one I take fully on my own. And I respect the man that does that. And especially when he's only 23, you know, uh, he, he just got so much room to grow. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have to realize this, this kid has had five different offensive coordinators in the last five years. He's never had a consistent offensive coordinator, you know, so he's going to have some time to develop here, but I believe towards the end of the season is when you will see him really start to show what he's going to be for the future. Why don't we mix it? Oh, no, I I was just, I was just going to say what, like, uh, like we mentioned with Brandon, like uh, me and you, me and Curtis, both are, are big Jalen Hurts fans. And we think that he he is your guys' franchise quarterback. And um, that I've, I've seen flashes of elite play from him. And, sure. uh, yep. and, and I'm excited for, for you guys that to have him, but um, was there something that you were going to ask him, Curtis? Cause I was going yeah, to, yeah, I jump just along the quarterback, just to mix it up. Cause we didn't talk about this with Brandon at all. This is way out left mm-hmm. field, but you see a tweet come across your screen that the Eagles have traded for Deshaun Watson. You still, you still like in hurts or what you like Watson. I'm just curious. Cause I know you guys were in the mix for him or there was rumors I at least. You don't. I, I will. I will tell you that right now. Like, listen, he's a PR nightmare if you bring him in. You know, like, I okay, you can sit there and say, well, you guys brought in Michael Vick. This is a little bit different scenario. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, more <laughs> a little more bit. People, yeah, more people are more able to look left whenever it's about a pet. You know that that's something. Yeah, he did wrong. It is really inhumane. You know, and he got in trouble for it. And, and, you know, dogs are man's best friend, you know, so we all love our pets. But, you know, he did his time like he was supposed to. He didn't argue about it, you know, and then he came out and he tried to resurge his career. This dude, he's on a whole nother level. Like, yeah, he's almost on R. Kelly level. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it, it would be a hell of a risk to trade for him, especially right now, not knowing if he's going to be able to play in the future for for your team. Um, But. I wanted to pose the same question to you that I asked Brandon, uh, just kind of 
to get an idea for some kind of under the radar players on the Eagles. Um, who would you say is an unsung hero uh, on the Eagles, like a player to watch out for that not a lot of people that aren't Eagles fans uh, know about? I could name a couple, to be yeah. honest. That, yeah, that'd be um, great. Honestly, you could see this past weekend, Devontae Smith kind of came into his own. You know, uh, I, I love that kid, man. You know, he I, I loved when people were like, you know, hey, he, he's small. How's he going to take the hits? And then he turned around and he was like, well, you got to catch me first. Like that, that's that's something you can't that that's instilled within him. You know, that, that is who he is. So I've uh, seen get into who he is and, and what he wants to be as a wide receiver. And I, I love seeing it. Um, Quez Watkins, you know, you, you see splashes of him, but for some odd reason, we'll give him like three catches and he'll get over a hundred yards and then he disappears. I'm not sure where he goes, but he Houdini's like completely off and you never see him again. Um, Gainwell, you know, I, I think he kind of had a pretty breakout game this past weekend. It wasn't much, but you could kind of see, He's starting to get more comfortable and the game's starting to come to him. And uh, Hargraves, man, that's my only defensive player I'll give you. You know, uh, Hargraves <laughs> is a dog. He's tied for second in sacks right now at five. You know, he he's an animal. And, I, and I'm very happy that we stole him from the Steelers in free agency because, yeah. Yeah, it, he, it, it's crazy because you, you named every player he named. He named Gainwell. Devonta Smith, and then we talked about Hargrave for for a while. So I, I think those are the three players I'm going to watch out for, uh, for sure. Um, Miles, if we would use him. Yeah. You know, I mean, Miles is your biggest threat out of everyone on that field. But when you only run him three times, he's not much of a threat, is he? <laughs> so so are, are they running game well more than, more than Miles or what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's my thing, you know, I'm having a very big problem with it because I, I'm a PSU person. I love Penn State, you know, and that's where he mm -hmm. comes from. And I was very happy when we got him. But I'm at the level now where it's almost like, dude, if we don't start using him, then we might as well trade him. Get the value you need and, and build, to build this team up next year because, you know, we got 50 million in cap next year at least. Um, you, you got hella – draft capital you know um so when you sit there and all that dude I, I would do offense and free agency and i would do solo defense in the draft i mean i would not go anywhere else but defense in this draft if you want to grab like one offensive lineman like sure okay but i, I would stick all on defense because that sure, is did it and it worked out so yeah yeah that's, that's what they did in matt rules first year was they took every pick was a defensive player and almost yeah. every single one made the roster and and are integral parts of the team now um because we need a linebacker dude we need a keekly we truly do <laughs> i'm telling yeah. you everyone we need one keekly. too we have, not had <laughs> yeah. keekly, we have not had a keekly since trotter and that's been a long time dude yeah mm -hmm. is there anyone on the we asked this to brandon is what are what's what are you worried about on the panthers Positional group, player, anyone you guys specific. Get CMC back this week? I don't think so. I don't no. think they get CMC now. He's going to practice. Well, that would, that would He'll one. practice Wednesday, <laughs> but I don't know if they get him back. Okay. Well, that will be one if he does play. Um, 
because, you know, I loved watching him in Stanford. You know, I wanted him when he was in the draft, but, he, you know, we didn't have that good of a pick back then. Um, but, um, no, dude, I, I really like what you all have done with Sam. You know, that really proves that the Jets are just really that bad. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I'm telling you, like, I, and, and trust me, I was very hard on the kid. You know, I thought he was a complete, like, dumpster fire. Like, you know, uh, I was like, well, that's, that's what happens when you draft a USC quarterback, you know, but <laughs> I was wrong, you know, uh, and it's, and it's all credit to you guys. I mean, Matt rules got this kid playing like a King right now. You know, I, I love it. And, and you guys got Anderson. Uh, how, you, you've turned two jets players around already. Like that's incredible props to you guys, you know, um, I love your team, man. No lie. Uh, I've always, you know, I've never had a problem with the Panthers. You know, I was not a very big Cam Newton supporter, but I love the shit out of Keekley. You know, mm. I, I was very depressed when I found out he retired because I loved watching that guy play football. Yeah, he was um, he was a special one. That's for sure. Yeah. But uh, and it sucks you guys lost Horn because I, I actually had high expectations for that kid, mm. you know. But, yeah, um, and, and, and we might be without our, our starting linebacker, pretty much a leader of our defense now, uh, which in Shaq Thompson, he might be uh, be out for the game. Oh, so. I heard about that. Yeah. yeah, so so that might be something to watch out for for the for Eagles fans. And, um, I mean, we're hoping that, the, that our defense bounces back from a terrible day against Dallas. Um, they ran all over us and threw for four touchdowns and just totally um, did what they wanted with our defense, which was not what we expected at all. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping they bounce back against the Eagles and, um, and we'll see. Yeah. Just a little off topic before we go to a prediction here, some breaking news. Again, we're recording on a Tuesday night. So when this hits the airwaves on Thursday, it's going to be a little old, but Adam Schefter reporter night, we'll all get a kick out of this, especially the Eagles guy here. The Cowboys released Jalen Smith about 30 minutes ago, which is insane. He was on a six-year deal, $68 million. It was a second, it was second year of his contract, and they just released him. So I don't know if you guys have any initial thoughts on that. <laughs> I think it's insane. But... Hey, Carolina needs to get on the phone right now and <laughs> get that man in Carolina because they need you help at linebacker. Need to go on the phone. What are you talking about? We need to be on the phone. <laughs> yeah, hey, we need a linebacker, man. There's a lot of teams that, that could use Jalen Smith's help. I know. Uh and that's crazy yeah. because, I mean, the Cowboys aren't deep at linebacker by any means. So, I, I mean, that's just I, – I don't really know what's going on in, in Dallas. I mean – Wait, didn't they, didn't they get Cox as well? Uh, no, they, they, the they have uh, – They got Park Neil. and Cox, right? Keanu Neal, is that who you're thinking of? No, 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 in the draft. Uh, oh, the cop uh, from LSU, didn't they grab him up? Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It, yep. Maybe that's why they did it. Yeah. Oh, Maybe. yeah, Jabril Cox. Yep, yep. Because yep. he's cheap right now. He's a he's a rookie, you know, yep. and, and they can save money, especially if he's playing good. But, yep. hell, yeah, I, I'd, I'd hop on that very quick. Sure <laughs> yeah. I would too, man. I would too. Well, Well, let's get to the prediction here. We already had Brandon. He said 24-21 Panthers, I think. I think yeah. that was right. Um, AK, what do you got for this weekend? What's prediction? Give us a score. What you got in this one? 
Man, it, it's so hard, dude, honestly, because we're so up and down. You know, you saw week one and how they came out and just went nuts. And then we came out week two and we were just decent. And week three, we flopped. And then this week, we actually did pretty damn good on offense, but totally flopped on defense. You know, so I don't know. We might come out this weekend and not have an offense at all. <laughs> you know, until these coaches can prove to me that they can be consistent and they can win some games. I'm a little low on my Eagles right now. That doesn't mean I'm not a supporter of them, though. You know, yeah. I still have high hopes for them, and I still think that they can be competitive for the NFC East this year, but they need to get better faster than what they're getting. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So, you know, I, I'm not going to disrespect you guys in any way. I know you guys have a pretty solid offense. You guys have a pretty solid defense. You know, you, you hold your own. You're three and one for a reason, you know. Um, so I'm going to say 32-21 Panthers. Interesting. 32-21. Mm. So the, the, dude, my defense has not proven to me that they can stop anyone yet. And until that is confirmed, then that's how I sit, you know. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I'll, I'll get into mine real quick, Curtis. Because I know we haven't done our predictions yet, but yeah, I, go ahead. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than I, I think it's it's going to be a close game. Um, like I said to Brandon, I, I think it's, I it, I think uh, <laughs> I the Panthers are favored by three and a half or something like that. He mentioned it. Um, I think the Panthers win twenty four seventeen. And it's pretty much whoever has the ball last in the fourth quarter is what I think. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. Um, I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, I, I think the Panthers do have a better defense, but offensive-wise, I think the, the Eagles have the edge, especially with Christian McCaffrey out. So um, it, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one too. I don't, I, I don't think people can overlook this team. They do, they do well, struggle. I, I, they do struggle – uh, defense against the rush. So I think Carolina can take advantage of that with Chuba. I, you know, Chuba, he looked pretty decent last game. So I think if he, they can get him rolling, they can keep Sam up long enough to get the ball to DJ Moore and some of these other playmakers. I think they got a real good shot. I'm going to predict a win this week. I know I was down on them last week, having them losing to Dallas, but I think they, I think they bounce back. I think the defense has a big game. And I'll, I'll say, man, let's go 28-17 Carolina wins. They win more. And, and, and that's fine. You know, and I actually like that. But, you know, when I say 32-21, that, that, to me, that's not a blowout. I mean, that, like I said, this is a rookie head coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. It's, it's really not. Yeah, thirty-two, twenty-one really isn't. I didn't. I, I wasn't trying to to say that was per, per se, but there are there are people that are projecting, especially so Panthers. even if they get, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a pretty solid for me. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm 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 thinking that <clears throat> there's a lot of Panthers fans that aren't that think that you know this is gonna be cakewalk or whatever. And, and I was saying against the Texans, they can't take it as a cakewalk. I mean, it's the NFL and any given yeah. Sunday and anything can happen. So you have yeah. to take it. You have well, to and the Eagles every- are hungry. I mean, they have it. They've yeah. lot, lost the last three. I mean, teams aren't, they ain't laying down, you know, they're, they're going to come in trying to win the game. Carolina went through the same stuff last year. There was struggles with Matt rule and taking timeouts, ta- 
Teddy Bridgewater hiking it when he wasn't supposed to in the two minute warning. Like there shit happens when you got a young staff like that. So, Absolutely. I mean, it's, I don't know, man, it's just one of those things where I, I really get nervous whenever my defensive uh, head coach sits there and says he doesn't have a scheme. <laughs> like yeah. that kind of makes me nervous a little bit. Yeah. That's a problem. It's like, all right, well, how the hell do you know that these players know what they're running then? If you don't have a scheme, what what are they supposed to go off of? You know, I, I, like if you run a, a, a four two five, you know, you, you know that scheme and that's the one you practice every day. But he's like, no, we switch it up every week. It's like, well, that that doesn't make any sense. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, you got to have a base. Just, yeah, it just makes me feel like you're making it more complicated on my defensive players than what it truly has to be. And he might run it. And I don't know defense. how confident I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, I I wish you guys luck this weekend. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to the game. You have any tips for me with Eagles fans? <laughs> <laughs> You got any tips for me, AK, with Eagles fans? Um, <laughs> be be high on the team, but not too high. You know, okay. they, they still have a lot to learn, you know, but it, it's going to be a good thing. This isn't a bad thing that we're losing games because, you know, losing games is what's going to make them better. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it does suck right now, but who knows, you know, hopefully in the long run, this is what makes them winners. That's gotcha. what I Yeah. Eagles definitely have a bright future, man. So, uh, trust me, as as Carolina fans, we've been there where we've been losing and looking towards the future and saying, man, hopefully it's bright. But definitely the Eagles are one of the up-and-coming teams in the league, I would say for sure. We're not going to Philadelphia, AK, but best Philly cheesesteak spot up there. Give it to us. Where where you got? Oh, man, I I don't know the actual name of it because I don't live in Philly. I live two oh, hours. I'm sorry. Somewhere. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But every time I go down, I usually go down uh, right by the uh, State Pen, the the, uh, the museum. Mm. All right. Right there. And gotcha. uh, there, there's a gas station right off to across the street um, off to the right, like if you're mm. standing out front. And right next to that gas station, there's like this little hole in the wall, like Italian diner place. Dude, Those are always the best. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> hole, hole in the wall in places, the wall. man. Yeah. Well, AK, thank you so much for coming on again, guys. That's he's from the Eagles Uncensored podcast. Make sure you go give them a follow on Twitter and also listen to them wherever you get your podcast. Thank you again for coming on at last minute. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank uh, you, man. No problem, man. It was truly an honor. And yeah, uh, you can find me over at YouTube. That's where I do all my stuff at. So perfect. Go hit that subscribe button. Thank you. I Thanks again. You thank you, man. All right. We just wanted to thank again Brandon Gowton and AK for coming on this evening to talk about the Eagles and just prep us for this weekend's game when they come to town at Bank of America Stadium. It's always a pleasure to get some fans perspective of the teams but let's get to our draft picks of the week all right bryson this week i'm drinking wine had to you know switch it up a little bit here so i'm gonna i'm drinking childress this is from uh childress vineyards 
I think I believe that's in Lexington here in North Carolina, just just a little bit outside of the town here in Winston-Salem. But it's a sun-kissed sangria. So it's a white sangria. Um, very smooth. It's really good. It's sweet, uh, refreshing. The uh, description here says, feel the beat with dancing rays of sun-kissed goodness. Sweet, white, great flavors twirl with juicy mango for a taste bud tango. Stride into the sunlight and served with fresh fruit medley. Damn, dude, that sounds great. (laughs) That's a hell of a description. (laughs) No, it's it's a good wine. Go check it out. Uh, They have a really nice winery there. It's Childress Vineyard Sunkissed Sangria. Go go give that a try. They got an assortment of wines. Um, So if you're ever out in Lexington, I would definitely recommend making a stop there. What are you drinking? Yeah, I'm drinking another Old Hickory Brewery beer. Uh, I loved it so much. I had to get me another one. I saw that they had different like pie flavors. And um, this one I picked this week is a blueberry tart pie. Um, Berliner Weiss tart wheat beer with real blueberries. Uh, they're in Hickory, North Carolina, like like last week. Uh, established 1994. Um, let's see if they got a little description on here anywhere. They, they do not, but... I can say that the beer was very good. Uh, I like the peach one a little better from last week, but it was your best description. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> it's July 4th. The fireworks are shooting in the sky and you're eating all American blueberry pies <laughs> of apple pie. <laughs> and you're, uh, and you just got it. You got it sitting in your mouth and you're watching the fireworks. And it's like, man, I, I love to be American. Uh, that's, I think that's you rhyme there. That was impressive. <laughs> I'm, that's kind of what it was like to drink it. Uh, it, it was very good. Um, but I, I was more of a fan of the peach one. That's because I'm a huge peach anything fan. So, mm-hmm. um, I love the, all these beers I've tried. I definitely have to go to this brewery whenever we get a chance, um, and give their beers. Hopefully they got these on tap there probably 10 times better on tap, like everything else is. So, um, definitely if you see this beer at the store, pick it up. Awesome. 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 Well, we just want to thank everyone for listening in tonight. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday on wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on tap for all your Panthers analysis and breaking news. Don't forget, listen, subscribe and give us a rating. We want to see what you guys think so far, what we've been doing. So please give it to us. We appreciate it. We're straight shooters here. So we love all the feedback. And as always, 